Hi, and welcome to Believe in Yourself, the official podcast of Muskegon Area District Library. My name is Jen. I'm a youth services librarian, and I'm interested in discovering all that Muskegon has to offer. Things like library resources, recommendations, and so much more. So let's dive in. Hello friends and welcome to another episode. Today I have some very special visitors with me. I have Holly who is the lead librarian three at Norton Shores and I also have Philip who is the head librarian at the North Muskegon branch. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Today, we are talking about a project that's very exciting coming up for Maddle. We are talking about the Humans of Muskegon project. So, Humans of Muskegon, we're doing, we got a $10,000 grant from the American Library Association Humanities Council. And what we are doing is kind of a oral history project slash human library. And for people that aren't familiar with human libraries, it's a concept that originated out of Denmark where you bring people in and they actually serve as books. So you can come in and you can have conversations with people that are from different walks of life, that have faced different stereotypes and prejudices to kind of challenge your own and hopefully come closer to people that you wouldn't normally interact with. What are some examples of the quote-unquote books you can check out? For example, one of our books was an alcoholic and is transgender. Like that's one book? Yes. Oh wow, that's a that's a big story to uh, dive into. For sure. The stories we listen to in our interviews tug at the heartstrings and Were there tears? Did you cry, Philip? I did not I tend to not cry that Man tears. much, but Man tears. <laughs> um deep stuff. It's okay, you can feel sure. I almost cried the first one I sat in on because that was we have a person that's a a suicide attempt survivor. Oh, wow. And that was really difficult to listen to. It was. I can only imagine. It runs from, we have people that have faced long COVID, people that have adopted kids with disabilities, um, that have faced misogyny and toxic masculinity in their mm-hmm. industry, uh, people that are living with blindness, people that have dealt with uh, albinism in their life. So it it's kind of all over the place. Just people that have faced things that other people have not and kind of want to put their story out there to clear up the misconceptions on it. And these are all people who live in Muskegon or have lived in Muskegon? Yes. Wow. So these are our neighbors, our friends, our family, like people you see at the grocery store. These are not like far-reaching people. These are people that we interact with on the daily. People who live in Muskegon County, they live, work, love, and live their lives in Muskegon. Where would you say the inspiration came to start this project? I think it was kind of a twofold process. I came to our programs manager because I wanted to do an oral history project because I noticed the African American Museum in Muskegon Heights had done one, but they hadn't posted anything anything since 2013. And I'm like, there are so many stories that we've missed between 2013, 2022, so let's go find these people and do an oral history project. Yeah, that's and then I think Philip came to her with the human library piece. I wanted to kind of share the stories and 
get the stories out there to people who may not interact with other groups of people different from themselves. That's a that's a brilliant thought to bring the people's stories to the masses versus trying to bring the masses to the people. For sure. And why would you say it's so important for you that you developed this program, Humans of Muskegon? With the diversity within the county, with the diversity in the county, it's one small step that we're making to close the divide among us. I think in, say, the media, it does seem like there's a lot of divide in the country right now. And, you know, it's not just throughout the country, but in the county, in the communities we live in. With being able to learn about others and get to know them, I think that attaching face to the labels that are often thrown out there will help to close that divide. Humanizing it, for lack of a better term. Yes, exactly. Like, where else are you going to find a platform where you can have those conversations with people that are outside of your norm? And maybe people wouldn't think that the library is a traditional place for that to happen, but... When you think about it, all these people are also library users. Like, everybody in the county has access to the library, so, and our whole job is to bring information. So, this is just another way to say, hey, we have these stories. You can interact with these people. Maybe it'll change your perceptions, maybe not, but at least you have the opportunity to do that. And like Philip said, the, the whole atmosphere right now is so divisive. So, anything that we can do as an organization to help that, I think is a good thing. Yeah, and it's like a non-confrontational, non-judgmental way to ask someone questions that maybe you wouldn't feel comfortable asking them. Like, I wouldn't just go up to someone wearing a hijab, for example, and be like, why are you wearing that? Like, this way you get to ask the questions that maybe you wouldn't necessarily ask or, you know, these people will freely share the information rather than having that stigma attached and wondering of course, we want people to be respectful and tactful, but Absolutely. our participants are here with us and willing to share their experiences and stories, and it's a good place to have those conversations. Yeah, and if people aren't interested or comfortable interacting with the human books themselves, they have the opportunity to simply watch the videos and be um, passive versus more... Um, In-person active. Yeah, exactly. Now, what was the process that it took to bring this whole project to fruition? It was a long process. First of all, we had to get that grant, mm -hmm. which there are three of us that are on this project. There's a Sarah Rinsema, who's our project manager, that's kind of overseeing the whole thing. And then it's me and Philip. So we had to write the grant. We had to break down budgets, which I love numbers, not really. <laughs> but... We had to get that whole grant together, and that was like a waiting process. And then we had to form a process for recruiting the books. We had to go through all that. We had to interview all those people. That took a lot of time. A lot of people, well, not a lot. A few people kind of misunderstood the concept of what we were doing. Like, some people want to present, like, history stuff. And we're like, that's not really what it is, but we'd be happy to have you for a program later. Okay. So then it was the interviews, and then it was setting up the videoing and hiring the videographer and... Um, getting people to do the captions on the, the videos, and it's just, it's been months and months and months of work. A lot of people that we encountered had 
more than one stereotype or prejudice that they wanted to uh, focus on. So we, since they're only 15 minute videos, we kind of had to narrow the scope. Um, so that was another big process. Well, what, what story do you feel you need to tell the most? I think everyone, not just our participants, but everyone has multiple stories to share. With how human library programs work, we wanted to have a focus of sort so that people would know like the types of questions and conversations they could have with our participants. So not necessarily trying to simplify them as an individual, but just focus the context of the interview. Yeah. Okay. Like if I was applying to be a book, it could have been like female veteran, it could have been child of an alcoholic, it could have been single parent household, I was raised just by my dad. So like multiple things, which one do you focus on? Which one do you feel most called to talk about so people can get a better idea of that? But not to discount the fact that these multiple layers of a human all weave together to create that story that is the person as a whole. Just the fact that you wanted to make the interviews as pinpointed as possible. Yes. Okay. I'm sure some of those other parts of the story are mentioned in there. They're just not the focus. They played a role in the bigger picture? Yes. One thing is that we wanted to make sure that our participants were willing and comfortable to share their stories. Oh, these are people who are often marginalized in society and being willing to open themselves up and share their life experiences, you know, that's a big deal and we certainly respect that and wanted to focus on the topics that they were comfortable sharing. And one thing about the interview process we brought on Susan Harrison Wolfis as our interviewer, who was a former Chronicle reporter. And I just want to give her a shout out because she made people feel so comfortable and she was so gracious and in leading those questions and just making people feel that they had that safe space to share their stories that we couldn't have got the result that we did without her doing these interviews for us. Did you have any problems getting books or how, what was the process? How did you pick your books? Our recruitment of the books went a few different ways. One was posted on social media that we were coming up with this program and we're looking for people willing to share their stories. So we have posters in the branches and social media posts. One way is we kind of pose a question as would you or someone you know be willing to participate in this program? Okay, so it wasn't like an individual targeted like you look different, I'm going to talk to you. It's like, hey, do you know anyone who would be interested in participating in this project? Making it more of like an open-ended question or here, take this application, give it to someone that you might know who might be interested in uh, participating kind of like that yes for the most part some of it was kind of targeted because when you're working at those desks you get to know the people that are coming in and talking to you every day so you kind of know their stories and some of it was like light bulb went off this would totally fit for this project we're doing so certain people were like you would totally be great for this uh, think about it take this application because we did have an application process mm -hmm. um, and if you're interested, fill it out. So it wasn't a like super pressure thing, like you have to do this. And it wasn't like, here's the application, fill it out right here <laughs> while I stare at you. <laughs> no? No. Oh, okay. <laughs>
it's great as librarians that you know we work with the public so much in all walks of life and all types of people and we're able to form those relationships and get to know people and we're able to ask them if they were willing to participate very cool very cool so this is a tough question what's your biggest failure in this project and what did you learn from it i think well i don't consider it maybe not a failure Okay, failure is probably the wrong word, but what's your biggest learning experience from this project that you might have done differently, hindsight being 2020? So what people don't know, Humans in Muskegon is like a trademark thing. The people in Denmark actually own that whole thing. And in order to, well, not Humans in Muskegon, the Human Library. Humans in Muskegon, we can do whatever we want. It's not the same thing. But Human Library, if you want to use the trademark human library and like get all the literature and follow their process there's an application for that and they are very even just to get the literature yes oh wow there's a they have a certain way they want your project to be focused and they're very hands-on about it and they get so many applications that sometimes you don't hear things for months Wow. so if you are going to go the traditional like you want to use the human library logo and use all their stuff, which we went out outside of it because, I mean, you have to start way in advance, okay. way, way in advance. Like, I think we're still waiting to hear. We just did our own project because it took so long. Okay. And with the grant, we have deadlines we need to meet. For sure. And yeah. we were not able to do that with waiting to hear back from the human library organization. Is the original concept idea this twofold? The videos as well as the actual checking out the books? I'd say they have videos on their websites, but I think that's more so they can document to other people how the process works. From what I've looked into with other libraries that have done it, they don't have the video piece in there. Okay, so this is kind of your own original take on the idea. Yeah. Awesome. And is it going to be available on Maddo's website forever? Or is it just going to be during the time that we're promoting the um, human library aspect of it, the Check the Books Out program? So I think that page is just going to stay up there after it debuts, um, which is mid-August, I think, is when the videos start going up. And then we also are sending listening stations to each of the branches starting August 15th. So there will be a schedule of one that's going to show up at the branch that you go to. And you can just go in there and listen to the videos. You can access it on the website. And then there's going to be the live event in September. And that's going to be at the Norton Shorts branch, correct? Yes. There will be the opportunity to come and do the Living Library. That is going to be September 24th at the Norton Shorts branch from 11 to 2. Registration is not going to be required on our website. Anybody's welcome to come. If you really want to come and you didn't register, we will be more than happy to fit you in. And I think, please come out and check it out. It's going to be, I think, a really rewarding experience. What do you hope people will take away from this experience, whether it's watching the videos or attending the in-person program? It's knowing that there are living people like behind the headlines and behind the labels that society comes up with and understanding and respecting the diversity within not only the country, but just Muskegon County itself, the people we interact with every day and knowing that 
yeah, these same people live, work, worship, love, and it's all here in Muskegon. Like, they're our neighbors, and people we see at the store or see at the library, you know, interact with on a daily basis. I think I want people to take away that don't judge a book by its cover is definitely true. Yes. Um, when you listen to these stories, you're going to realize that you can't just look at a person and know what's going on with them. Like, we have a lady in there that is blind. To look at her, you wouldn't realize that. And I bet I would place money on the fact that she's gone to a supermarket and parked in the handicapped parking and probably had an experience, hey, you can't park there. You don't belong there. Uh, so you don't know what's going on in people's lives. I think this is a way to kind of get a little glimpse of how other people are living that you you just don't stop and think about these things. And I hope that through this project, people actually do stop and think about it. You have no idea what's going on in other people's lives. Let's show a little more grace in the world. Everyone has a story. You might not be able to read it from their appearance. So what's next? You guys have accomplished this. Any ideas for your next big humanitarian project? I think we need a break after this. That's fair. Rewarding, <laughs> <yet> exhausting. <laughs> yeah. Saving the world one interview at a time. It's hard work. It is for sure. And thank you guys for doing this. Again, it's an unbelievable project and I am so proud to call you my coworkers and I can't wait to tell everybody about it. It's super cool. I mean, kudos to you guys. I am sure you don't hear it enough, but you guys worked so so hard on this and you do deserve the recognition thank you if you are interested in checking out the humans of muskegon you'll be able to find it on mantle.org starting mid-august the videos will be published and also you can go to your local library and see the videos right in person and also check out the metal facebook page because there will be like sneak peeks of the videos coming up before they hit the branches um, during the week of the 15th well, thank you again for coming on, and I'm sure we will talk to you again soon. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others and post about it on social media. To catch all the latest from us, you can follow Madel on Instagram at MuskegonADL and on Facebook at Muskegon Area District Library. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on Believe in Your Shelf.